0: You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day.
0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 652 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host. Brad Rowland coming to you live from State Farm Arena on a Tuesday evening. The Hawks get a 108-100 victory in a fun, fun game that uh, was uh, you know, not always well played, but by the end of the night, the Hawks ended with a flurry, and uh, it was led by Trey Young, of course. We'll talk all about the game as we get going on the podcast today, but if you missed it earlier in the day, I did have an emergency podcast with regard to the John Collins suspension. I'm not going to get too deep into that stuff right now because it was already on that podcast, but... Before the game started on Tuesday, Lloyd Pierce addressed the media for the first time since the uh, suspension became public, and I'm going I'm to play you the opening statement that he made right now, so uh, here it is from Lloyd Pierce.
1: 1st start off by saying uh, this summer I got the opportunity to work with Coach Pop. And so it's always a thrill. Um, looking forward to tonight's matchup going against him. But um, when I got back from Team USA, one of the things I thought a lot of people were curious about was what what the experience was like being around Pop, being around Steve Kerr, being around Jeff Van Gundy, uh, Jerry Colangelo. And you know the one thing I said was Pop, what I learned most was how genuine Pop was in getting to know people. And you see how genuine he was in caring about his players and caring about his staff. Um, And I thought that was important because what I learned is not only did he care about his players, he cared about his players, his people. And so it's fitting we're playing San Antonio tonight. Um, it's unfortunate with the situation with John and um, everything that has come about on this day. It's a, you know, get a call from Travis this morning informing me that uh, John's going to be suspended. And I go back to the time spent with Coach Pop and the time spent was, you know, how do you, grow and help your players. Well, this is that time. And bottom line is uh, it's an unfortunate situation with John's suspension. And this is what I've been charged with as a head coach is to help John and support John and help him get through this, not as a player, but as a person. Um, And that's where my mind is and that's where my mind went when everything occurred this morning, so go ahead.
0: So, from there, uh, there were questions, of course, and I, I could play the entire audio, but it's uh, a, little, a little bit lengthy. So, in summary, here, uh, Pierce did refer to. This as an emotional day, quote unquote, for the Hawks. Repeatedly stressing, as you heard in that first, uh, in that first soundbite, that um, the team's focus, and particularly his individual focus, is on John Collins as a person, helping him grow and emerge from this, uh, from this incident. And I thought it was interesting to hear Pierce go back and you know cite his experience with Team USA as a potential um, sort of leading factor. And the deal with Dylan Popovich and hearing him, um, you know, talk about that fact that you know San Antonio was in town and how fitting that was, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Pierce did go on to say that John Collins was quote bothered end quote to not be with the team, team and, uh, and his estimation could have been the first time that Collins basically isn't playing basketball on a regular basis on the court obviously he is um, going to be allowed to practice and is allowed to travel with the team and will be traveling with the team according to what Lloyd Pierce was saying so Collins will be around just not for games uh, The I guess by league band-aid He's not allowed to be in the building, any building, home or away, uh, within two hours of tip-off of a game. So you know, this is almost two months now of Collins not being able to play and not being able to be around the team. Uh, he could speak to the media at some point. He's not done that yet, and I'm not sure he will. Pierce did say though that he addressed uh, that he will uh, you know that Pierce addressed the addressed the team himself about the John Collins issue on Tuesday morning. I'm sure he did it again at some point later in the day. Collins has not talked to the team yet, um, but that, I guess the plan is, is in the works for that to be happening in the near future. Not a ton of basketball discussion. Um, in terms of what Pierce had to say about Collins, there was at least one um, reference to the fact that it was going to be a pretty big blow for the Hawks. Of course, they were able to manage through uh, in the first game without him and get, a, get a, home, a home win. But, you know, I think we all understand that, you know, the team is not quite as good with John, without John Collins on the floor. So um, worth acknowledging that as well. I wanted to at least play you that audio at the start of this podcast, just so everybody would kind of have that context. Again, go back and listen to my uh, my full thoughts, uh, at, least in my <laughs> at least in the moment, my full thoughts on the uh, John Collins suspension from earlier in the day on Tuesday with an emergency special podcast it's sort of a standalone episode so that's kind of all there is on that for right now again there could be more in the future on on the call situation but for now it's going to be, uh, you know, full steam ahead for seven weeks or so without John Collins, and he'll be back, um, if not for the appeal being heard. And uh, by the way, the consensus, at least that I have heard around the team and around um, the league that I poked around, I think um, the appeal is probably not a, a heavy possibility. It's not impossible by any means, but I do think that uh, if I had to guess, it's going to be a 25-game suspension for, for John Collins. So I'm not planning to see him on the court for another, you know, month and a half, and we'll come back at that point in time. And of course, it'll be in- in- interspersed throughout the process in the next couple of weeks. We'll Before we get to the game itself and our normal full coverage of the game, I do want to tell you about the good folks at MyBookie one of my favorite parts of the year is upon us with sweater weather leaves on the ground and threes from downtown for some it just means fall is here but for others like myself it means basketball is in full swing the NBA is already rolling and college basketball kicked off this week so there's no better way to feel a a part of the action than to have a stick in the game with mybookie.ag either way if you're going to bet the season do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win use your basketball knowledge to prove what you have um, that that you have what it takes at mybookie.ag where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid if you join right. Right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's all one word, promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate this offer. One more time, it's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to double your cash, double your first deposit. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right, we can dig into the game itself as we normally do on the podcast. And as I said before, the Hawks get a 108-100 victory, I should say. Over the Spurs in this contest. There was a lot of intrigue as to how the rotation would look in the absence of John Collins. I will say that San Antonio is kind of a weird matchup in a lot of ways, so I'm not sure how instructive that is. You know, Pierce actually, after the game, said yeah, the starters are going to be kind of, um, you know, at least somewhat fixed. But the rotation and how he handles things, especially in the second half, will be fluid based on who's playing well, et cetera. A lot of options, and that's kind of the optionality, really a theme that we've been talking about since the summer with the way this roster is built. There's lots of different ways that the team could be used, and we saw that in this game, I think. Uh, no surprise that it was Jabari Parker starting in place of John Collins at the four. He is uh, definitely the most prominent power forward option, and he played 32 minutes in this game. We'll see how much of the regular occurrence that's going to be, but he is the starter at this point in time and probably will be for the entirety of the uh, absence of John Collins, something that's crazy. In that way, uh, Cam Reddish stayed at the two in this game. Kevin Herder is up to 30 or 35 minutes in terms of, of a restriction, but for now it's Cam Reddish. There was not a uh, separate discussion of that of that choice because of just as I said before on the uh, early portion of this podcast, there was not a whole lot of basketball talk in the pregame. It's kind of a pretty, you know, I, I won't say somber, but certainly a, a more reserved atmosphere in a pregame, not really the lighthearted joking that you might see from Lloyd Pierce at times, and that's you know pretty e- obviously see why that would be, but uh, not the normal sort of basketball only interrogation. So I, I look forward to asking him or at least having him you know, be asked on Wednesday about that decision to sort of roll with Reddish over Hunter. But that was the decision in this game, and Reddish, by the way, played very well. We'll, we'll get to him in a moment. Um, but Herder is now basically not on a restriction at all. Almost a 30-35-minute 30 restriction is not really a restriction at all, for the most part, for most of these guys. Um, and um, also, just as a thought process, there they could certainly use the uh, the offensive punch off the bench with Parker now in the starting five. Um, Trey Young is at a 30-minute limit, according to Lloyd Pierce in this game, and uh, Trey sort of laughingly said he didn't like that limit, but he did he did he, had, he definitely ended up deferring to Chelsea Lane and the training staff. But uh, you know, as a competitor, I'm sure he didn't want to come out of the game. But only played 30 minutes in this game. Almost certainly would have played more if he was eligible to do so. After the Collins news broke, the Hawks were actually about five-and-a-half, six-point underdogs at home in this spot. Not a huge surprise there. You know, there was, there was always some intrigue that Young wouldn't play. Once he was ruled in, there was sort of a cap on that. But Collins is worth a couple points to the spread, apparently. And uh, obviously the Hawks covered that spread, considering they won the game outright. So all that to say, that's the setup of the game itself. Early on, um, no huge surprise here, but Alex Lynn did a pretty good job defensively on, on the Marcus Aldrich in the early going. Um, and really, it's a good defensive matchup for Lynn overall because Aldridge is just kind of that physical, you know, lengthy player that Lend can use his size against. Um, it was Parker against Trey Lyles defensively. They had Ken Reddish on DeJounte Murray, Trey Young on Bryn Forbes, which is an obvious way to sort of hide him a little bit, and then Hunter on DeMar DeRozan. That was that was the co- sort of the primary matchup in both the first and third quarters. Uh, Parker had the first four points of the first half and the second half, which I thought was interesting. Um, Reddish... Got going and really shot the ball well in this game. Made, his first, made the first three of the contest. Actually shot three of three in this game after opening the season 1 of 18. So obviously a pretty sharp improvement from Cam from beyond the arc. He did take one bad mid-range shot in the first half. But in general, I thought his offense was actually pretty good in this game um, by his previous standard. The first subs were Bruno Fernando and Kevin, and Kevin Herter at about the 7-minute mark. Um, Fernando really struggled to deal with Aldridge in this game. And we saw more of Damian Jones as a result of that. And uh, by the way, Jones played well, I thought. There was a big Jabari Parker dunk in the first quarter off a pass by Trey Young, and another dunk from him uh, on the next trip. There were lots of dunks um, from, from from Jabari in this game, pretty much the entire way. Um, there was an obscene pass from Trey Young to Bruno Fernando shortly thereafter. He had six assists in the first eight minutes, although Trey was not shooting the ball well in the first half. But his passing was uh, always there and always uh, always ready to go. Um, Eleven guys in took the floor in the first nine minutes for the Hawks. A very deep rotation, including three centers. Everyone but Brendan Goodwin played in this game. Goodwin was called up before tip-off as sort of an emergency option, but was never necessarily projected to be playing. So no big surprise there, but 11 guys, even in the absence of John Collins. There was one lineup that was a little bit shaky with Ty Wallace, DeAndre Bembry, Herter, um, Vince Carter, and Damian Jones. It's not going to be a lineup that necessarily works a whole lot there, but um, fortunately for the Hawks, the defense in the first quarter, and that was a point that Lloyd Pierce um, did say after the game that he wanted to make to his team is to have a strong first quarter defense. They were able to do that because offensively they really struggled, but they were able to hold on and actually only uh, actually took a, a one-point lead in the second quarter because of the fact that they played such so good defense in the first quarter. Trey Young sat to open the second quarter, which is a change almost certainly related to the minutes restriction. Normally, Trey comes out of the game, you know, a little bit late in the first quarter. Then comes back in to open the second. This game, they held him out a little bit longer, and uh, he did come back rel- relatively soon. But the, uh, you know, the first half in general was kind of ugly. It was definitely defense first basketball, but there was some ugly offense um, sprinkled throughout on both ends of the floor. There was a, a block shot by Marcus Aldridge on DeAndre Hunter, actually twice on the same trip late in the half. That was, uh, I thought, notable. I thought Damon Jones was actually quite good in the first half. Um Trey actually finished zero for eight from the floor. Did have eight assists in the first half, but was 0 eight from the floor, only had one point. But the Hawks only down by only down by one point at the half. That's a huge break considering the fact that uh, you know, Trey didn't really have it going in the first half the way that you normally would. Um, Ten points for Jabari Parker in the first half, nine for Hunter in the first half, and eight for Cam Reddish in the first half, which I would describe as the best offensive half of his young career. Um, You know he's been struggling a little bit offensively as we talked about quite a bit, but he had he had a very nice pass as well in addition to the nice shooting in the first half. So good to see Cam step up in a big way offensively. The Hawks still shot 38% from the floor in the first half, but they were able to hang around because of the defense. And uh, in fact, everyone but Cam Reddish was one of 11 from three, whereas Reddish was two of two again after opening one of 18 to start the season. Uh, in the third quarter, it was, again, Parker getting off to a strong start. Alex Lynn came out very fast um, after missing a three. He was immediately pulled from D- for Damian Jones within two minutes. Uh, Jones, I thought, was the better player in this game, which was, which we'll get to in a second, but uh, I thought that was at least interesting to point out. Pierce did not like the defense early on in the third quarter. Um, called a quick timeout and uh, seemed to uh, castigate his team a little bit. Uh, another three from Cam Reddish to set the tone there. Uh, the Spurs then for my money, took control of this game for a little while. There was an 8-0 run from San Antonio, go by nine, um, about midway through the third third quarter. The Hawks didn't score for about two and a half minutes until a free throw from Cam Reddish. Um, there was a technical foul by Lloyd Pierce that he got frustrated um, after a weird non-call when the Vince Carter went flying into the uh, cameras on the baseline. Um, Pierce got the technical foul after going all the way out under the court and arguing. There was a quick four points from there, but um, the Spurs got the lead all, all the way to 10, actually, down the stretch of the third quarter, um, before a, end of quarter. Um, shot from Jabari Parker um, when he put Derek White under the rim, which is actually a nice physical play from him to cut the lead to eight. There was a pretty hilarious 45-foot um, shot attempt from Rudy Gay with about seven seconds left in the, in the half. I guess he just missed timed the clock and didn't really realize how much time there was left, but it was a pretty uh, funny moment that I'm sure you saw if you watched this game or saw anything on the internet, but that was, that was pretty amusing. But again, these, the Hawks tra- trail by 10 points late, very late in the third quarter, and if I told you that from that point forward they outscored the Spurs by 18, um, that would have been a, big, a pretty big surprise at that point in time but it was the fourth quarter that was certainly owned by the Hawks and owned by Trey Young. Young made a three on the first possession of the fourth quarter, cut the lead to five, and then uh, he was the biggest part of a 11-0 run to retake the lead. Um, in fact, Young opened the second half seven of his first seven from the floor. Um, that, also, that run also included a three from DeAndre Hunter. There was an awesome kick-out pass uh, in the middle of that from uh, Jabari Parker to Kevin Herter um, to hit a three go up, uh, to go back up by one later on. In fact, it was a 25-9 overall run that included a three-point play from Vince Carter in an old-school fashion. Uh, Kevin Herter, I thought, played well during that stretch after a rough start. Um, the, Hawks, the Hawks were able to hold off um, for a few minutes without Trey Young, who was uh, had to come out for his restriction uh, purposes. And then uh, the Hawks go up by seven points on a pass from Young to Bembry. That was some ridiculous creation from Young off the dribble, beating um, beating Aldridge in a pretty severe way <laughs> to find Bembry for a layup. That was probably the most memorable moment of the game, honestly, in terms of just the, the sort of viral nature of the way of what Young was able to do off the dribble. And then Vince had Vince a jump shot to go up by seven. It was a 29-2 to two run. There was a brief moment when the Spurs got back within four, but then Trey hit another three. And then finally a dagger three in the corner after just basically just an absurd shot from Trey Young in the baseline. And then another one to kind of put the game away. There was some garbage time, some review stuff down the stretch, but it was basically over at that point when Trey hit, hit the sort of almost fadeaway three in the corner. As a team... The Hawks were 13-of-23 from the floor in the fourth quarter and 6-of-11 from three, only two turnovers. It was a masterful offensive quarter from the Hawks, most most notably from Trey Young, but a 38-point quarter from the Hawks in general against a good defensive basketball team is pretty darn impressive, even after a pretty slow start to this game offensively. Uh, Trey had 28 in the second half. That uh, speaks for itself, obviously. And in the fourth quarter, he had 16 points, three assists, and a steal in only nine and a half minutes of play. So, uh, yeah, the fourth quarter was this sort of Different game in some respects. The Hawks still, um, offensively, didn't play that well on the whole in this game. A 105, a 105 offensive rating is good enough, clearly, to win but it wasn't like they were fantastic from start to finish, but the fourth quarter was enough in this game. They shot the ball pretty well, 48% from the floor, 37% from three, um, missed some free throws and actually turned the ball over 18 times, but still the offense was was uh, good enough in this game, led by Trey Young, and the, and the defense was actually pretty excellent. You know, San Antonio is not the most difficult team in the league to guard. They missed a bunch of open shots, but the Hawks played good defense um, pretty much throughout this game, and that, that was able to uh, sort of be the key in, in holding... I, I, I would say in holding things close enough to where the offense finally clicking in the fourth quarter was able to get them over the finish line, a 97 defensive rating. That is excellent. Um, Probably not sustainable over the full season or anything like that, but uh, certainly a good effort defensively from from the Hawks. And a pretty inspired game from them overall. So... As we transition to the individual players, as we always do on the podcast, I want to uh, start with the bench. Um, you know, as usual here, Ty Wallace only had one stint; had six, had played six minutes, um, two points and a rebound. He was okay; didn't do anything spectacular. And I thought it was no noteworthy. They actually went to a ten-minute rotation um, for the majority of the second half, uh, and Wallace was sort of the odd man out there. Not a huge surprise there with Trey you know, c- cooking the way that he was, but still something to point out. Um, Fernando and Jones both played a lot of minutes because Len didn't play so much. So 18 minutes for Jones, he was he was the best center on the team in this game. Did, did foul out in 18, in 18 minutes, that's obviously going to be a problem if he starts playing more often. But four points, five rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. He was very good, I thought, by his standards in this game made a very, very positive impact. Bruno Fernando uh, was a little bit less impressive to me, but actually was a game-best game, a game best plus 12. It could kind of mislead because he was, he was just on the court with Trey, cooking for some of that. But four points, two rebounds, and an assist, and a turnover for Bruno. Um, better in the second half, to be sure, than he was in the first half. First half, he kind of struggled a little bit, and we saw some of his, of his limitations to some degree, but I thought he was okay for the most part. Vince Carter still not making his jump shot necessarily. you know, Pierce kind of joked about that after the game, how this is sort of in a slump for three-point range right now, but he made a couple of big shots down the stretch. In fact, it was sort of a team effort in the fourth quarter. Uh, Trey's going to rightfully get all the headlines here, and he certainly should. He earned it with the way that he played, but Hunter made a big shot. Herter made a big shot. Cur- Carter made a big shot. There's a bunch of different guys making uh, timely plays for the Hawks that Pierce made sure to note after the game. Uh, Benbury was a little bit quiet in this contest. Did have three steals, though, and, a, and had a, had a a big, a big dunk at one point in time. After he got a steal in the open court, um, had a block shot. Have five turnovers. That's too many for Bembry in 19 minutes. That's definitely a problem. You want to, you don't want to see that many turnovers from him. But defensively, made a lot of plays. Five rebounds as well to go along with an assist. And finally, Kevin Herder, seven points, six rebounds, an assist, a steal, two block shots from Kevin Herder, and uh, three turnovers from him. Plus nine in 25 minutes. I thought he was pretty bad actually in about the first two and a half quarters. But from that point forward, played much, much better. Good to see him sort of turn it on a little bit. Play with more force. He was. He was really passive in the first half. Again, um, I will say we, we have not seen the best of Kevin Herter so far this season. I'm not sure if he's still rusty or what's going on. Maybe this second half will turn the light on for him a little bit and play, um, have him play a little bit better, but it's not been his best so far. Um, good to see him play good late, though, and he was a big part of the run the Hawks made in the fourth quarter. Um, to the starting lineup, I mentioned before, Alex Len did not play a ton. 14 minutes, 1.6 rebounds a block shot, and a turnover. I thought his defense was actually pretty solid around the rim against the Spurs team that he sort of matched up well against, but offensively just not giving them a whole lot right now, and I thought Jones was just better than Len in this game. I do think Len's a better player, but he continues to struggle, and that has to be pointed out. Um, Reddish um, cooled off a little bit after the first half, but still 12 points, 4-6 from the floor, 3-3 or from 3, 3 rebounds and an assist. Was again, pretty quiet offensively in the second half, but that's that's okay. There's no reason why he can't be quiet because he's he's still playing good defense. He's being long out there, being active defensively. That's very, very helpful in a lot of ways. Um, the led the team in minutes with 36. That was a little bit surprising, but he did play, well, play very well in this game. 16 points, 8 rebounds, an assist, and a plus 11 for Hunter. 6 of 13 from the floor, 2 of 6 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line. I thought he was just very, very solid. He got some praise from Lloyd Pierce after the game, and uh, rightfully so for the way that he was sort of a two-way steadying force for this team. Uh, Jabari Parker had a big game, 19 points, eight, eight rebounds, two assists, a steal um, in 32 minutes. I thought, you know, it's not as big surprise. He didn't even shoot that ball that well. He was, he was 0-3 from three, but Parker's just uh, getting a lot of easy buckets playing with Trey Young, and it's been beneficial to have him playing with a good point guard for the first time in his career, and also in a good system for the first time in his career. Um, Parker continues to add a lot of offensive stuff, and uh, the Hawks are gonna need his offense, to be sure in the absence of John Collins. He gave it to him in this game, and that was a big part of the Hawks being able to hang around as long as they did until Trey sort of took over in the fourth quarter. And then lastly, of course, Trey Young, 29 points, 13 assists, 2 steals, and 3 turnovers and 2 rebounds in uh, 30 minutes. 10 of 32 from the 10 of 23, I should say. I can't read. 10 of 23 from the floor. Five of 10 from three. Four of six from the free throw line. And uh, again, 28 points in the second half. It just kind of speaks for itself. He had one point at the half. He was ov from the floor. It was 10 of 15 after the half um, from the floor. And that's pretty darn impressive. He took the game over. Making play after play after play in the fourth quarter, particularly, and you know it was a Trey Young show. And obviously, he got it took a little while to get going. After the game, he did uh, tell the media that he's feeling pretty well on the on the ankle. He said, and I'm quoting now from what from what I was able to gather from him that it, it felt good and he's not feeling any pain. Um, still. He did make sure that he know, that he noted it was not up to 100% in terms of the ankle uh, in terms of just being full health. But um, you know, he said he said it felt great, and you have to take his word for it from there. You, I think I observed him um, sort of messing with it a little bit in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure if that was pain or just a little bit of annoyance or something like that. Again, he's not 100 percent probably, but at least he's close to it. He looked great in this game; it didn't look to be hampered at all. We'll see how he responds. Wednesday's a back-to-back for the Hawks, so that's something to circle in terms of his playing time, and et cetera, et cetera. But it was very, very clear, as always in this game, how much the Hawks need him to cook. Uh, 29-13 speaks for itself. He was just fantastic in the second half. And even in the first half, I think the uh, the shooting struggles were well documented. But he had eight assists. Like what, he was making a ton of plays in the first half. Just wasn't making jump shots, and that's just that's just fine. So, you know, Trey Young was fantastic. Can't really say too much more about that in this game. And he was the biggest reason uh, that the Hawks won this contest, even though he had a lot of help from Hunter and Parker and others in this game. And I should definitely reddish as well for the first half. Uh, just a lot of good stuff all around for the Sox team in a uh, a team effort to get a win um, in the absence of John Collins for the first time, a right around game. And honestly, on, on paper, this was the three hardest. This, this was the hardest game of the three this week at home. Obviously the back to back tomorrow adds some intrigue, but Chicago played tonight as well. So they have some travel. Um, they'll be in the building for Wednesday night um, where I'm sitting right now, plus um, 24 hours from now, there'll be another basketball game. and Then the Kings come calling on Friday before the uh, scary road trip begins uh, over the weekend. So all that to say a fun atmosphere, um, in terms of the actual game. Pre-game was certainly strange with the John Collins news looming and all the stuff that happened on uh, on Tuesday. You could definitely tell that Lloyd Pierce and the team were affected by that, but uh, good to see them sort of respond in a positive way on the court and that uh, we will see how the team responds again in t- about 22 hours, 20, 21 hours from now as I'm recording this um, right here in the same building. So please subscribe to the podcast. Please check out the most recent show that I did that was sort of the emergency reaction pod to uh, the John Collins news. Even if you don't listen to it, please click the download button. I really appreciate that. And uh, we'll see everybody from the same spot on Wednesday evening.